0: Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. Okay, guys, we're going to head right in and we're going to continue along in this journey through Acts. Um, thanks for your flexibility as we've gone through that week with the technical issue. And then we we had Easter celebra- like celebrating Resurrection Sunday last week and had having taken a break from from Acts. So now we're we're continuing where we left off in Acts 11. We had Acts 10 last week. And so today's message is called The Obedience Factor. The Obedience Factor. And I want to give you an acronym which will serve as a roadmap to help you in experiencing everything that God wants you to. And I call that LOB. Um, I remember, I remember, um, back I think it was through the 80s and 90s I can't remember it like sometime before the 2000 before the year 2000 I remember I used to watch a lot of NBA games on TV so if you don't know what the NBA is it's the National Basketball Association so it's uh, basketball and at that time Vancouver didn't have a basketball team and we eventually had one but that's here neither here nor there there. eventually eventually we didn't have one it was just a little blip on the map for a moment but i used to follow seattle because they and actually they don't have a team anymore either but it was the seattle supersonics at that time and they were they, they were just crazy they're amazing they were amazing at that time and i remember i remember the guy um there's a couple players I, there's a lot of players i liked on that team but a couple of players one was was gary payton his his nickname was the Glove because of his defense and, and on all the steals that he would get. And my favorite player was the Rain Man, um, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp, 6'10, came, played bat- in the NBA right out of high school, and he was just an ath- athletic beast. He was able to jump super high, he was strong, he was super athletic. He'd be flying through the air like crazy and just monstrous, monstrous dunks, and and as um, Sean Kemp played with Gary Payton, Sean Kemp was power forward and Gary Payton was the point guard. And if you know how those positions work, the point guard brings the ball up the court, and then I remember there was an there was an interview or something, and and Sean and and i can't remember who said this but they described this that Sean Kemps would say to Gary Payton just just throw throw the ball up on the roof and I'll bring it down or something like that and they just had these crazy alley-oops or Gary Payton bring the ball up the court maybe on a fast break throw it up in the air it, it was pretty darn far from the from the hoop and the Rain Man, Sean Kemp would just grab it from far away flying through the air running <laughs> and just just lay it down like crazy. There are so many highlights virtually every night that they played, and it was, just a, it was just amazing to see. But they were known as Lob City. Gary Payton would lob the ball up in the air, and then somehow the Rain Man would take it and just dunk like crazy and dunk over people oftentimes. But that lob, that idea of a lob is to throw it up in the air. And I, I have this acronym, LOB, that is helpful for us when it comes to understanding obedience and how that works in the kingdom of God what God wants to do in our lives and in our world through us and it only happens through obedience and it and this idea comes from what we what we read in this chapter in Acts 11 so let's head straight into this chapter right now and I'm just I'm just going to key on verses 1 to 4 but really this idea relates to what we experienced back in Acts 10, as well as the rest of the verses in this chapter, and from verses 5 and beyond, after this particular section. But let me read it out loud. Feel free to read it with me. This is the Word of God, and we approach it with with respect and with reverence, with honor, with gratitude. This is God's living Word for us. And as we read this, guys, I want to to remember that we, when we read Scripture, we're actually, even though we're using our eyes, we're, we're listening with our spiritual ears. We want to hear God speak to us. So God speak right now. Verse 1. By the time Peter and his friends from Joppa returned to Jerusalem, news about outsiders accepting God's message had already spread to the Lord's emissaries and believers there. Some of the circumcised believers didn't welcome Peter with joy, but with criticism. The circumcised believer said, why did you violate divine law by associating with outsiders and sitting at the table with them for a meal? This is an outrage. Verse 4, Peter patiently told them what what had happened, laying out in detail the whole story. And so in the verses that follow in verse verse 5 onwards, we read about Peter explaining a second time what had happened. Actually, not, not that Peter explained a second time, but in Acts, it's it's described a second time, as Peter just describes it here, because in Acts 10, we read about it too. And so when we read two instances of something, maybe sometimes even three, why, why is it there? Well, in ancient writings such as this, whenever something is mentioned twice or three times, it, it's meant to emphasize the importance of what is going on. And so there's something very, very important that's going on right here. And so what we see here, if I could just describe it fully, because there's a lot of concepts that some of us may not understand. Um, so Peter, when he was back with his friends, uh, coming with his, when, when Peter returned to Jerusalem and he came with his friends from Joppa, these guys were outsiders. They were not Jews, his friends. And in those days... The Jewish people believed that that it was it was it was ceremonial ceremonial ritually unclean to be associating with non-Jews, and so here's Peter bringing his unclean friends back to Jerusalem, the holy city, with him. And then news about these these outsiders accepting God's message it it began to spread to the Lord's emissaries or the apostles. The ones that Jesus, the most of them were ones that Jesus had as his students, that, he, that they were called his disciples, and eventually his apostles. Apostles means people who were sent out, sent forth for a mission. Disciples means someone who's a learner, a student. And so the Lord's emissaries, or apostles, and, and the believers, they all started to pick up news of what had been happening. That there's These outsiders who accepted God's message, these unclean people who are with us now, and they've began to be very uncomfortable with it. And so when it says some of the circumcised believers, these were the Jewish people who are male. They went through ceremonial circumcision as a sign of their dedication to God. So some of these circumcised believers, they didn't welcome Peter with joy, but with criticism. They were a, they're a little bit upset. What's going on? Why are you mixing, why are you mixing oil with water? Why are you mixing the clean and the dirty together? So these uncircumcised believers they were upset they said why did you why did you violate the law by associating with these outsiders and then bringing them actually to sit at the table w- with them for a meal this is an outrage Do you guys remember Jesus did the same thing which is so interesting this is a parallel to that Jesus brought Matthew the tax collector who so many people so so many people within the culture so many people within the culture looked down on tax collectors hated them because they're betraying their own people by by what they felt they were they were robbed they were working with the Romans to rob the Jewish people of so much so much taxes where they would be living in poverty because of it and so they looked down on, on tax collectors and felt they were dirty they looked They looked down on all kinds of people, prostitutes, etc. But Jesus would be having meals with people like that. And so the same thing happened here. And so the circumcised believers, although they're following Jesus, they seem to have forgotten that this is the essence of the kingdom of God that Jesus had had been bringing about, where those that are unclean are being made clean and being invited to the meal, so to speak, invited to the table, invited to the family. And so we see the same thing happening here. But Peter patiently told them what had happened, laying out in detail the whole story, and they could begin to see, they began to see what God was doing. But really, the part of the story I really want to emphasize right now what i feel like what god wants to speak to us about is the obedience piece of this so peter it just dr luke as he wrote acts this book of acts he described what happened to peter in chapter 10 and then peter and then and then uh, dr luke describes peter's works i mean words in acts 11 describing exactly the same thing he had this vision this dream as he kind of fell into a trance and this thing, almost like a sheet, came down, which is held up on all four corners, and it's filled with all kinds of animals. And the Lord said, God said, I take and eat. And Peter was like, I'm not, I can't eat this. This is, this is filthy. This is unclean. I would never do something like this. And God said, whatever, whatever I'm telling you to eat, it's clean. It's, you can eat it. And so all of a sudden, there's this freedom. There's this freedom to enjoy. As you see on the screen, there's a Ham. It wasn't kosher for Jewish people to eat pork. It still isn't today for those that don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that Jesus has freed them from that, that there's a new covenant. And so all kinds of foods began to be available. All kinds of people began to be accepted into the kingdom of God. And these things don't happen without the people of God being obedient to him. And so obedience is incredibly important, and this wouldn't have happened. This very important thing that this, that in Acts 11 is described twice for emphasis, this transition of the gospel being given to the Jews first, and then as a fulfillment of the Great Commission at the end of Matthew 28, that the... Um, the disciples being charged to go and make disciples of all nations, not just Jews, all, the Greek word is ethne, all peoples. And so we start to see this finally in Acts 10 and 11. Even before that, when you see what happened with Philip, there's this movement of the gospel. But it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have came to a Chinese person like me, it wouldn't have came to a place like Canada, where I live, to the place that you live. Unless there was an obedience from those that were following Jesus, particularly Peter at this time. And so obedience is super important. And I want to talk about that. I want to give you this acronym. And this acronym serves as a roadmap that I want you, I want to challenge you to adopt in your lives. And by the way, the Word of God has very limited impact if we don't take what we hear from God as we listen to God, as we don't take, if we don't take that and begin to use it and to obey it. As I observe the Western church, one of the things I've noticed is that we get so satisfied with just performing the religious obligation of going to a life group, a Bible study, or whatever it might be, a small group or Sunday service, and we listen to the pastor or we read the scripture or we study it or whatever we might do, whatever is the activity, but we fall short. On being diligent, being proactive and intentional to obey, to live out the scriptures. That's why in your SOAPS, when we use the SOAPS tool, scripture, it's an acronym, scripture, um, observation, application, prayer, and share. With the application part of it, it's not just how it applies to you, but it's also how are you going to use it How are you going to specifically use it in your life? Live it out. Live out the scriptures. And so I want to talk about some of this right now when I give you this road map. And it's called Lob. And I'm going to lob it to you right now. The first one is listen. We need to tune in. With your ear pods, when you're listening to music on your iPhone or your Earbuds when you're listening when you're listening to music when you're listening to music on your phone, man. You have to take that case. You have to open it up. You have to take the earbuds out. Put them in your ear. Your ear your earbuds or your iPods or not iPods but earpods have to sync with your with your phone or AirPods. They have to sync with your AirPods. Have to sync with your phone or your device or whatever you're listening to for you to pick up the signal. And so if you're wondering like well how come I I haven't been hearing God lately could it be that you're not tuning in you're not opening up the case taking out taking out the taking out your earbuds and putting them in your ears could it be that you're not pressing play you're not going into the scriptures you're not meditating you're not praying you're not hearing God you're not listening to him could it be that you're listening to a message a sermon an MT12 talk but you're not really listening you're not you're not going with the you're not listening with the intent of getting something from God even though he's speaking you're not hearing him even though he's speaking through the preacher you're not hearing God you're just hearing words because you're not really tuned in if you want if you want to reach the next level if you want to experience what god has for you if you want to grow if you want to grow you got to listen to god you got to tune in sometimes that means like turning off social media sometimes that means turning off your netflix sometimes that means getting rid of the noise so does that means turning off the podcast. Sometimes that means turning off Spotify. Sometimes that means turning, up, turning off your device that, that has all your friends chatting. Sometimes that means that you got you to devote time. You got to have times which are holy. Holy means set apart. It's set apart for a specific purpose. You got to have times that are holy like this. You got to have times that are holy when you're reading the scriptures for yourself and you're listening to God and you're asking Him. You're not just reading. You're asking of God speak. Lord of Heaven, speak to me. God of the universe, speak to me. Your servant is listening. I am listening. Your student is listening, Jesus. Tune in to God. Listen to God. If you don't listen to God, you have no idea what to obey. God may be speaking to you, and instead of facing Him and listening to Him and making eye contact with Him, so to speak, Sometimes we're so busy listening to our friends, making eye contact with them, joking around, having fun, and it's great to have friends, family. Sometimes we're so engaged with the things that we're, we're looking up on YouTube or on social media. Sometimes we're, sometimes we're so engaged on our devices, whatever it may be that we're watching, and we're just scrolling. We're, keep, we're scrolling up every few seconds like a zombie, and God's trying to speak to us but we're not hearing Him because things are so noisy. There's so much noise in our lives. We've got we to gotta have moments where we're just listening to God. Moments that are just for listening to God. The other times where we're not just listening to God, even when we're scrolling through social media, whether we're other times when we're listening to audiobooks, other times when we're reading the news, we can still be listening to God while we're doing those things. Listening to God. How can you obey God when you're not listening to Him? So the first part of lob is listen. The second part is obey. We need to obey. We need to take what God is showing us and obey. In a way, in our cult, in a, in a sense, in Western culture, obey is almost like a. It's almost like a dirty word or an or irrelevant word for us, but God portrays himself as a father to us because he loves us, but also because he directs us and he protects us, and a part of that is living in obedience to him because we trust him and we know that his ways are better. It's the same thing with a pet, with a dog. Not all pets can obey you. I used to have a hamster two hamsters they were called cheech and chong and um if you know anything about cheech and chong and guys um two hamsters, cheech and chong i think i if I remember correctly, I had gerbils at one time too, but those things don't none of those obey you. I used to have tropical fish, I used to be a tropical fish hobbyist, and um used to breed them live bears like guppies, um sword tails, mollies, platies and I used to have other fish, too. I used to be really into eels. I had spiny eels and all kinds of, of eels, and I used to love catfish. I used to have a variety of catfish, too, and, and also tetras, neon tetras, cardinal tetras, um, black skirt tetras, etc. And But those, those don't obey you. But there's something, there's, uh, there's some sort of different level of a pet when that pet obeys you. We have a cat. Our cat has limited obedience. If I tell her to go, her name's Nyla. Nyla, I point. Nyla, go. And then she'll she'll meow kind of like she doesn't really want to that much, but she'll go. We used to, we trained her how to sit. At, at one point she sat, that she would sit. I haven't tested that out for a long time. But over a year ago, we got a puppy, a dog, which was the first dog for us as a family. I used to have a dog before, which was a Cavalier Spaniel, um, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. But as a, as a father, you know, with a new family, we got a, a dog, which is a Pomsky. Her name is Yuna. Many of you guys know her. And we've tried to teach her obedience, and she's a smart dog, and she's picked up all kinds of things. She can turn clockwise. She can turn the other way if you, if you tell her to. She can give you a high five. She can shake. She can... She's not very good at rolling over very much. She has this, her own version of it where she spins once and she spins, gets, goes lower and spins another time. And if you're lucky, she'll, she'll spin. She hasn't mastered that. I mean, she'll roll over, but she hasn't mastered that very well. You can ask her, you know, where's the ball? And she'll go and find a ball, whether it's a basketball or soccer ball in the house, and then she'll tap it. Um, you can you ask can, her, you can ask her Where's the couch? And she'll go and she'll tap the couch. Sometimes she gets confused with some of these things. Where's daddy? And she'll come, she'll come to me. She's not as good at that one. We can go. We taught her how to do peekaboo. And she'll put her, her, her arm over her, her snout and her eyes for a moment. Um, we taught her how to go back. We taught her how to sit, to lie down, etc. Pretty darn fun. Pretty amazing to see a dog do that. And, and what a bond you begin to have. The dog with you and you with the dog. But um, there's a whole other level of obedience when it comes to certain types of dogs. There's some dogs that are working dogs, that have a job. And when I think of them, I think of us as believers. But I want to show you one. I want to tell you about one. There's, there's one, and I believe his name is Hoover. And he's an Australian, some sort of Australian shepherding dog. I can't remember remember the name of the breed. I want to show you a little bit about a, a little, I want to show you a, a clip from a video that gives you an idea of what kind of high level dog uh, this is that has a job That that is excellent at obedience. And because he's excellent at obedience he could fulfill his job and do his job incredibly well. One thing to note because he's such an incredible dog he was sold for I think he was the highest-priced um, dog in the in the world. At least I saw an article that said that. I don't know if it's true. I never checked it. But he was sold for $35,200. It was Australian article, so I don't know if it was U.S. dollars or Australian dollars. But that's the value of a dog that's super obedient and that can perform at such a high level. Let's watch this. So here we have Hoover. The Australian Kelpie is his breed. He can go over and through the sheep. And he's incredible at directing a flock of sheep or a herd of cows. Incredibly incredibly useful to the farmers. He can cover vast distances, he operates with precision, it's just amazing. And so he can direct the sheep back into their pens. And look at his relationship with his master. It's just incredible. And so, the obedience piece is there when it comes to Hoover. And because he's obedient, he can be used by his master for the master's purposes. He has an incredible value to his master. Because he's obedient, because he can do his job. And so here's the challenge, more than 12 Here's the challenge, believer. Here's the challenge, disciple of Jesus. Could it be that we need to upgrade our obedience? Could it be that we need to listen more? Could it be that when we listen, we don't obey? And because we don't obey, we're somewhat useless for the kingdom? I can't help but to think especially of those who've, of us who've been believers for a long time. We've gotten used to not obeying the Word. We've had, Sure, we've had seasons where we've obeyed, and we have lots of seasons where we just read the Scriptures and we're satisfied with that. We have seasons where we're just, we just serve, and we're, just, we're used to that, and we think that's enough. We have seasons where we give, we sacrifice a lot, but the Lord says obedience is better than sacrifice. We have obedience we have sorry we have seasons where we, we express our love for God and we 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 feel like we love God so much but God says if you love me then obey my commands we need to obey the only way that we we will be useful to God at the highest level is if we step up our obedience and that means we need to l listen and we need to o obey and when we do that it leads to the last thing and that's breakthrough. That's the B of lob. Man, when I think of breakthrough, I think of the noun breakthrough, but I also think of it like a verb. Breaking through, like break through. God wants to break through our culture. God wants to break through your friend group. God wants to break through your work. God wants to break through your relationships at your work. God wants to break through your teammates. God wants to break through your classmates God wants to break through in your own life He wants to defeat the fear that is there He wants to He wants to heal the trauma that is there and none of this will happen if you don't have the listening piece that where you listen to God where you have times that are holy set apart for God and even in the times that are not set apart and necessarily as holy that you're still listening to Him if you don't have the listening piece and then if you don't have the obedience piece. You can't get to the breakthrough piece. Because it's the L that leads to the O that leads to the B. And you can't miss the L and get to the B. I mean, sure, God in His grace can do that. Maybe go, so other people are praying for you. Maybe you're part of a community where God is blessing and you're just riding on the coattails of other people. But generally speaking, you need the L piece piece. To get to the O piece, to get to the B piece, the breakthrough. If you're missing the O, you're just listening to God. You're listening to God, but you're never obeying Him. That God gets sick and tired of that. Sure, God is patient, but He's like, I can't trust these guys. I can't trust this individual. I can't give him more revelation. He doesn't do anything with it. I can't entrust this person with people who are ready to receive Christ, who are ready for the gospel. Because I know that these guys aren't going to open their mouths. They're not, going to, they're not going to share their testimonies. They're not going to share the gospel. They've gotten so used to being silent. I know I can't... For God, sometimes He's, he's, he's thinking, like I can't trust these guys with money. Because I know that they're going to hoard it to themselves. That, that they're not going to use it for my purposes. That they're not going to give back a portion to me. I'm not going to give them more blessing. I've already told them. I've already talked to them so many times over the years. But they still are stiff-necked like the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Stiff-necked. They're still stubborn. They're still stubborn. They're still not willing to learn. They're still not willing to grow because, sure, they listened, But they're not obedient. And so I can't give them the breakthrough. God wants us to listen. He wants us to obey. He wants to give us breakthrough. And so, guys, I want to suggest to us it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Today is time to wake up. It's time to wake up and to take seriously what God wants to do in our world, what He wants to do in your life personally. He wants to bring the breakthrough. He wants to break through to bring you the breakthrough. It's the same God that parted the Red Sea. It's the same God that walks with you as you go through the valley of the shadow of death that you would fear no evil because God is with you. It's the same God that healed in the Old Testament and healed in the New Testament. It's the same God that raises people from the dead. It's the same God that raised Jesus from the dead at Easter. It's that same resurrection power that worked in Him that wants to work in us. And do you believe it? Are you not receiving the breakthrough because you're not listening enough and you're not obeying enough and you're not receiving the breakthrough enough? The breakthrough only comes when we go through this process when we receive the lob is the only time that we can dunk how foolish we look when we try to dunk and there hasn't been a lob there's been no ball that's been thrown because God doesn't trust us at the hoop we need God we need God so much more To some of us, God is telling us to fast and pray. Fast and pray for your, for your family, for your boyfriend, girlfriend, for your husband or your wife, for your teammates, classmates, workmates. Fast and pray. Get on your knees and pray. Where's your love? Where's your desperation? Where's your urgency? Fast and pray. Or Do you love food so much, more than your friends, more than your family, more than those around you? fast and pray fast and pray fast and pray whether the people around you do it or not whether your family join you or not fast and pray fast and pray because the power of God will come through fasting and praying you are listening right now you're hearing this will you obey will you receive the breakthrough in your life and those around you for some people in your lives there'll be no breakthrough because no one will pray except for you you will be the one that, that is the only one that would fast and pray for them. You are the only one for some of you. You are the only one. And so God needs you to do that. Your friends and family, classmates, workmates, they need you for that. Your friend group needs you for that. Your gaming group needs you for that. Strangers need you for that. And God wants to use you like that. He wants to break through our culture. He wants to break through In your life, and so I just want to close us here. This is not just us, Empty Twelve talk, guys. This is real life. This is not just a sermon. This is real life. You need the obedience factor. You need the obedience factor, and the obedience factor is what joins. It's the bridge that joins the listening to the breakthrough. It's right in the middle. You need the obedience which comes out of listening and that produces breakthrough. Let me pray for us. But I wanna encourage you guys to be praying even beyond my words, letting God know, God, I get it, I hear you. And I commit myself to being not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of your word. So God, would you give us a boost, give us a kick in the butt, give us a shake, wake us up from our slumber, Some of us are sleeping in every day of our lives spiritually. Some of us are just sleeping like 24 hours a day, many days a week. Some of us have been sleeping for months and for years. But God, would you shake us and wake us? Would you help us to understand that we need to move? That we need to grow? That we need to sacrifice? That we need to testify, that we need to obey, so that we can have the breakthrough. Help us to listen, obey, and breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.